0: You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. I'm so glad that Jesus is still Lord of Lords. Amen. Praise God. But I want to talk tonight about staying in your lane. And when I say that, I understand where I'm talking about. I'm talking about staying in that place in God's will where all the promises are available to you. And all things are possible in that place in your life. We all get sidetracked here and there. We all make mistakes. But I'm going to show you how to stay, get back in that lane so that God's best can happen in your life. Now, I've never really ridden a, a motorcycle, but I, I, when I grew up, I had friends that had lots of choppers. And, and I was always fascinated how they drove their motorcycles. They'd always, they would never drive down the center of, the, of their lane. And I said, why is it you guys don't drive down the center of the lane? And they said, well, because that's where all the oil slicks are on the highway. That's where the potholes are. And so they'd always be on the far left a little bit towards the center because if they're on the far right, people open their doors on them and so forth. And so I learned that they had a certain place they had to be in, in their car or in their motorcycle, which was the safest place to ride their their cycle or their motorcycle. And I believe in the church, there's a place that's safe, a place where the devil has a really hard time coming at you. Now, he comes at us, but understand something in this place, the authority and the confidence you have in God is powerful. And whatever you face, all things are possible in that place. So I want to start with and in, in show you some verses here, but look here in Romans 12 2 with me, look up on the screen. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't mess with it while I'm preaching. Now, notice notice the text. It says that as you renew your mind to the word, we do it to prove what is God's good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, this is important you hear this. Most people, when they read this text, they say, this is just describing the will of God. It's good, acceptable, and it's perfect. I don't believe that. I believe that it is referring to degrees of God's will. Let me say it to you this way. When you're riding in an airplane, you can ride coach. You can ride business class. Or if you're the most fortunate, you ride first class. Now, how many know that first class is better than coach? And it's certainly better than business class. Now, I believe there's a first-class lane that God has for believers that when we're in the center of His will, God's absolute best begins to operate in that place. And that's what I want to talk about, and that's what I want to bring out in your life. And if you don't think that's true, think about the story of Samson. Samson was in the center of God's will when he was—when he made the covenant with God when he was younger, and we know he had supernatural strength. But we also know he got outside of God's will when he broke that covenant. And you remember the Philistines came in, he had no strength because his head had been cut or shaved, and they took him and they plucked out his eyes, and I know we know the story where they just chained him to the pillars, and he repented, and the Bible says that more died in his death than when he was alive. And so it's exciting, but I want you to know that wasn't God's best that he broke the covenant that he made with him. It wasn't God's best that his eyes were plucked out. It would have been better if he had followed God and not allowed these women to distract him. Can you say amen? Come on, guys. Help me out here. So there, there's, there's a, a place that it's first cabin. It's, it's a place where uh, your prayers are more effective. It's a place where all the promises are available to you, not just some of them, all of them. I talk to people all the time that are outside of God's will, and they say, Pastor, God promises this and this and this, and I say, He does, but you got to get back on track. Right now, you're outside of His will, and I'm not sure that God's going to answer that prayer because of where you're at right now with your life. And here's one of the keys that will help you get back on track. Love God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your strength. Say, with all my strength. Now, that's something that I'm pretty excited about because I think in today's church, we've kind of eliminated the fact that there's an effort in being a believer or a Christian. We've kind of eliminated that because, you know, we're saved by grace and all that stuff. But I'm gonna show you in scripture that there is a a big effort On the part of you using your faith casting down doubt believing in faith for you to stay in the center of God's will there's a big effort on your part let me give you an example you remember in scripture when King Joash went to the prophet Elisha who was on his deathbed and remember Elisha had a double portion never used it all up and still had an anointing left The king goes to him, the king's at war, and he wants help from the prophet, and so the prophet says, take that bow, and I want you to take an arrow, shoot it out the window, and it represents the victory that you'll have at Alphag against the Philistines or the Assyrians. And so he shoots, and then he, remember, uh, the prophet says, and now what I want you to do is take those arrows. And I want you to completely destroy the enemy. And so I want you to shoot those arrows to represent the victory in battle. And And he gets back and he shoots three times and stops. The prophet gets irate about it because he says, you should have shot five or six times. Here's my question, why did he only shoot three times? Because it takes tremendous effort to shoot and bow and arrow now. I'm not an archer, but my daughter's married to a Hunter and they shoot arrows and all that I want to tell you the the bows that we shoot today are about somewhere between 50 to 70 pounds pull in the days that I'm talking about the bows the pull on them them started at about 80 went up to 120, in some cases, 160-pound pull or 66-pound pull. And it took great strength to pull a bow back and shoot an arrow. Now, I can't prove this, but you can't disprove it. I personally think that the king was so used to being spoiled as being king, he was totally out of shape, and he couldn't put himself into it the way that he needed. Say amen. Amen. But nevertheless, he didn't shoot enough because he didn't put a big enough effort into it faith is powered by god but you have to sustain that faith it takes effort to cast down doubt it takes effort to cast down fear it takes effort not to consider what you're going through and consider the promise instead it takes effort takes discipline takes focus it's not something that's easy believism it's hard to believe sometimes think about abraham god told him he said i want you to offer up your son to me Next day he went out to obey, you know It took him three days to climb up to the top of that mountain and obey God three days Climbing up a mountain not down a mountain to do it You find it all through the Bible. In fact, Paul made this proclamation. He said when I'm weak I'm strong And you might say well, how, how is he weak? Same way you get weak when you're at the gym, by pressing the weights, by repetition, by staying on the, you know, the the aerobic thing. That's how you get weak when you're in a gym. It's by working out. The Word, you gotta work the Word. You gotta confess the Word. You gotta believe the Word. Say amen. So, I wanted you to see that because I feel like sometimes we think it's just easy. It's not i've stood in faith and had doubt hit my mind like a bb gun And I was up most of the night fighting the doubt fighting it resisting it when you seek god It takes effort praise god on your part The bible said to love him with all your heart with all of your soul and with all of your strength That means you can't sleep in on sunday. You're gonna go to church. I don't feel like a get up body going to church I DON'T FEEL LIKE SERVING. i don't GOT ENOUGH TIME. BODY, YOU'RE GOING TO SERVE IN THE NAME OF JESUS. I DON'T FEEL LIKE SAYING I'M SORRY. GET UP, GO TO THE OTHER ROOM, TELL YOUR WIFE YOU'RE SORRY. IF YOU'RE WRONG, SAY AMEN. EVEN IF YOU'RE RIGHT, SAY YOU'RE SORRY. THAT'S WISDOM FROM THE PASTOR. AMEN. BUT I, I, WHEN YOU LOOK AT THIS, IT'S SO EASY TO GET IN THE WRONG LANE. IT'S SO EASY TO GET OUTSIDE OF GOD'S WILL and miss out on the terrific blessings that he has for us and then say, well, it must have been God's will that I have to suffer like this for so long. No, it could be you're not in the right lane. It could be that maybe you've gotten out of God's will and now it's difficult. You've stopped putting everything you have into it THAT GOD WANTS YOU TO. GOD SAYS, LISTEN, I WANT YOU TO LOVE ME WITH EVERYTHING YOU GOT. AND WHEN YOU RUN OUT OF STRENGTH, I'm, I'M IN THERE. I'LL GO AHEAD AND STRENGTHEN YOU. BUT DON'T GIVE ME HALF-HEARTED PRAISE. DON'T GIVE ME HALF-HEARTED PRAYERS. DON'T GIVE ME HALF-HEARTED LOVE. LET'S GO FOR IT. AND THAT KEEPS YOU IN the, THAT LANE THAT I BELIEVE uh, BRINGS THE BLESSING. WRITE THIS DOWN, OR WE'RE GOING TO LOOK AT THIS, FIRST CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 3, I BELIEVE, CHAPTER 13. I WANT TO SHOW YOU THAT THERE IS DEGREES OF BLESSINGS. I WANT TO ESTABLISH THAT. LOOK WHAT IT SAYS. EACH ONE'S WORK WILL BECOME CLEAR FOR THE DAY WILL DECLARE IT, TALKING ABOUT THE JUDGMENT SEAT OF CHRIST, THE BABY SEAT OF GOD, BECAUSE IT WILL BE REVEALED BY FIRE, AND FIRE WILL TEST EACH ONE'S WORK OF WHAT SORT IT IS. IF ANYONE'S WORK WHICH HE HAS BUILT ON ENDURES, HE WILL RECEIVE A REWARD. If anyone's work is, is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as through fire. Now, how many know it's, it's a good thing that we can fail at motives, we can fail to some degree in disobedience with God and still get to heaven? How many would agree that's a good thing? Now, what I want you to hear from this is this, HE'S TALKING HERE BASICALLY ABOUT MINISTERS, AND HE SAYS EACH PERSON'S WORK, WHEN THEY STAND BEFORE THE JUDGMENT OF CHRIST, GOD'S GOING TO EVALUATE IT. AND IF IT WAS PUT ON WOOD, hay, AND STUBBLE, WHICH IS reference TO MOTIVATION, WRONG KINDS OF MOTIVATION, THE FIRE OF GOD WILL CONSUME IT, AND IF THERE'S NOTHING LEFT AFTER THAT FIRE HITS IT, THEY'RE STILL GOING TO ESCAPE, STILL GO TO HEAVEN, BUT THEY'RE NOT GOING TO HAVE AN ETERNAL REWARD. SAY ETERNAL. In other words faithfulness pays off faithfulness will pay off during the millennium when christ comes back if you've been faithful you will be in charge of cities if you don't no cities it's an eternal reward at the judgment scene of christ and the gold and the silver precious stone that's not affected by the fire therefore it remains it remains and i want to say this what confidence do i have That when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, all the works that I put in my marriage, I'm going to get an eternal reward for what confidence do I have in that unless I'm still married. Unless I still got my sweetheart and I'm still loving her. Can you say amen? Now, I'm not trying to get on somebody that's been divorced. I'm just saying if you screwed up the first time, don't screw up the second time. Stay married to the woman. Endure. Endure everything. Endure raising kids. Endure financial pressure. Endure it and keep doing your works towards her. Hallelujah, Jesus. Keep doing that too. And when you get to heaven, you're going to get an eternal reward. You, baby, this is really good because when I get to heaven, they're going to bless me for living with you. <laughs> yeah. And I know you'll be blessed because you live with me. In fact, Jesus will probably open up a big door and say, you get all of this because you were married to him and you kept, yes, amen. I got to throw that out. Keep the women happy here tonight. Amen. (laughs) But you can see then, readily see it from it, that some people don't get the full reward. They don't. So there's got to be degrees. It isn't, all oh, you know, everybody gets the same. No, 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 no. The one who's faithful, it gets more than the one who's unfaithful. And it's really important you see that. So let me give you another example. There was a man at Corinth, the church at Corinth, who was having an affair with his, with his stepmother. And Paul really rebukes the church, says, you need to deal with this guy. AND HE SAID, WHEN YOU COME TOGETHER IN MY PRESENCE, WHICH SHOWS ME SOMETHING, THAT WHEN YOU GET SAVED, YOU'RE IN THE PRESENCE OF THE BODY OF CHRIST ALL THE TIME, BUT THAT'S ANOTHER MESSAGE. HE SAYS, WHEN I'M THERE IN presence, in GOD'S PRESENCE, I WANT YOU TO HAND HIM OVER TO SATAN FOR THE DESTRUCTION OF HIS FLESH, SO THAT HIS SPIRIT MIGHT BE SAVED. NOW, THE GOOD NEWS IS, HE REPENTED, SO HE DIDN'T DIE, BUT IF HE WOULD'VE NOT HAVE REPENTED, HE WOULD HAVE DIED AND STILL WENT TO HEAVEN. NOW IT'S NOT GOD'S BEST, BUT IT'S STILL BETTER THAN THE the WORST. CAN YOU SAY AMEN? AND SO OBVIOUSLY THERE'S DEGREES HERE OF blessings, DEPENDING IF YOU STAY IN YOUR RIGHT LANE OR WHETHER YOU GET OFF INTO SOMETHING ELSE. HALLELUJAH. I'M TRUSTING TONIGHT AS YOU HEAR THIS MESSAGE, THINGS ARE GOING OFF IN YOUR SPIRIT. Oh, I need to get back on track. You know, I'm in the right, wrong lane. I made this wrong decision way back then. I need to get readjusted. I need to get back to where God wanted me in the first place because it's in that place there's protection against sudden death. There's protection against disease. There's protection against this and that. But if you get out of his will, you can get out of his protection. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's got to be for you. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I think I'm in the right lane, say amen." So your works need to endure. And let me, let me add something to the text that we talked about. If you read down in a couple verses, at the judgment seat of Christ, he says this, "'Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost?' And then he says this, "'If you defile your body or corrupt your body, God will destroy you. Now, I don't know what that means, but it can't be good. I said, I don't know what it means, but it can't be good. So you see then that Jesus is really revealing things to us to keep us out of harm's way and to keep us in a place where the confidence and the angels of God can be at work and, and protect and help us and, and get us through difficult times, you got to be in the right lane. If you get into unforgiveness, you get out of the lane. If you get into bitterness, you get out of the lane. If you just get into negativity, you get out of the lane. Because death and life is in the power of the tongue, right? Now, Now, let me show you another aspect to this hebrews 11:6 6 says without faith it's impossible to please god for you must believe that he is god and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him say diligent, diligent. it takes diligence to stay in the right lane it isn't I'm just going to show up on church and show up late and leave early. And I'm going to heaven. No, 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 no. If you want the full deal, there has to be a diligence on your part seeking after God. You, you got to be diligent to seek him when you don't know what to do. You're not sure what direction to go in your life. Something feels not quite right in your spirit, and you're not sure about it. And this is one of the problems we have in our culture, is we're always trying to find an easy way to know God's will outside of seeking him. Now, I come up with an age that people did the old fleece. Lord, if it's your will, have the phone ring twice. (laughs) Or Lord, if it's your will, don't have the dog that barks next door bark tonight the problem is, is the devil controls this world system. And you can be fleeced by that. But pastor, what about Gideon? Gideon did not possess the Holy Spirit like we do. He wasn't even a prophet. He didn't know what the will of God was. He didn't have the Holy Spirit to bear witness inside of him. So he asked for outward signs. But for a Christian uh, who has the Holy Spirit within them, all we need to do is seek God until God confirms it in our hearts. Once it's confirmed in your heart, he may, he may give you a confirmation outside, but make sure it's inside first. Amen? Oh, I just know God wants me to marry that woman. Have you really prayed about it? Maybe your lust is speaking. Don't shout me down. Come on. Have you really prayed about it until the Holy Spirit confirmed it in your heart that that's the woman that you want to go out with or whatever? Has he really done that? Have you taken the time to seek God in that area, or are you just going by what someone told you? Oh, I think she'd be good for you. Maybe, but maybe she's like the Antichrist bride of Frankenstein. Come on. (laughs) you got to be careful. I'VE SEEN MORE THAN ONE PERSON OVER ALL THESE YEARS MISS IT BIG TIME. AND I'VE HEARD THEM coming WITH TEARS IN THEIR EYES, PASTOR, THE LORD, he, HE TOLD ME TO MARRY THAT GIRL. I SAID, WELL, HOW DID HE TELL IT? WELL, I, I PUT OUT A FLEECE. YEAH, YOU GOT fleeced ALL RIGHT. BECAUSE IT WASN'T GOD'S WILL. BUT THE INDIVIDUAL DIDN'T TAKE THE TIME TO SEEK GOD. NOW, HERE'S SOMETHING THAT'LL REALLY HELP. And, and if you don't pray in tongues don't get mad at me but one of the best ways to have an assurance in your heart about something is to pray in the spirit about it because when you pray in the spirit you build yourself up in your most holy faith you become more aware of what's on the inside than the outside and it's easier to understand God's will and to have that confirmation inside now I've been saved long enough I just kinda know things And I'll walk into a situation I know right off the bat, this isn't for me. The Holy Spirit speaks to us three ways. The Holy Spirit bears witness with a human spirit. Second way is the voice of your conscience. Your conscience will lead you. Because remember, you're one spirit with the Lord. third way is the Holy Spirit will speak to you directly. And there's always great authority when he does that. And I wish he did it all the time, but he doesn't. Say amen. But in order to benefit from all that, you've got to seek God. You've got to seek God. Spend some time with God till you feel good about it. You're praying for healing, spend some time with God until you get an assurance inside of your heart about it. You need a financial breakthrough, spend some time with God. And God may say, I never told you to work for that place in the first place. But I want you to—and see, once you get repentance in there, if you need it, you get back into your right lane— AND THE BLESSINGS WILL START FLOWING AGAIN IN YOUR LIFE. Amen. AND GOD CAN TAKE you IN THE WORST SITUATION, AND IF YOU GET RIGHT WITH HIM IN THAT SITUATION, HE'LL START TO BLESS YOU, EVEN THOUGH you, YOU'RE THE DUMMY THAT PUT YOURSELF IN THERE. HE'LL STILL HELP YOU. HE'S JUST A GOD OF GRACE AND MERCY, BUT YOU GOTTA GET IN THE RIGHT LANE. SAY AMEN. amen. GET IN THE RIGHT LANE, AND GOD WILL MINISTER TO YOU IN A GREAT WAY. AMEN. I WANT YOU TO TURN TO A COUPLE PEOPLE AND SAY, You know, this is something I felt for a week you needed to hear. (laughs) Amen. Now, here's something that's always true. Always ask big. Never ask small. We had a big God. Never ask small. Ask big. And the reason why that's so is because the blessing of Abraham is designed to cause you to become a blessing. But if I don't have any more than what I need, I can't bless you. But if I got enough of my coverage to take care of me and you, then I can bless you. If I got enough money to pay my bills and some leftover, then I can bless you, bless the church. You see what I'm saying? If you ask small, you won't be able to receive the full reward which is more than enough. I said more than enough. I don't want to be like that first generation that only had all—they got delivered out of Egypt, uh, supernaturally, God walls up the, the Red Sea, brings them through, kills the, the people that were enslaved, and then they left with the wealth of Egypt. There wasn't one person that was sick. Everyone that was maimed was healed. Uh, grandma didn't have her walker anymore. Everybody was healed. And, they, and then God says, I want to take you into the promised land. And because they wouldn't mix their faith with the promises, they ended up dying in the wilderness. It wasn't the full reward. Ask big. Let me give you a couple stories or miracles Jesus did to prove this. There's two references in the synoptic Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke which has the same story. That's a synoptic gospel. And the story is about Jesus feeding the multitudes. The one most of us are familiar with is when Jesus fed the 5,000. But there's another reference where Jesus fed the 4,000. And there's a reason why both are in there. First of all, in both cases, the amount of people there was calculated. They were numbered. In other words, the preacher knew pretty much how many people were there that day. They said 5,000 men. So if you had women and children, you got about 20,000 people. When he said 4,000, they got about 18,000 people with women and children. And so Jesus knew how many people were there. So when he took the five loaves and the two fishes and fed the multitudes, HE KNEW EVERYBODY WAS COMING TO THE PARTY. IF HE JUST WANTED TO GIVE THEM WHAT THEY NEEDED, HE WOULD HAVE BEEN ABLE TO DO THAT WITHOUT HAVING 12 BASKET LOADS OF LEFTOVERS. OR I DIDN'T SAY LEFTOVERS. EXTRA FOOD OVER WHAT HE INITIALLY DID. HE KNEW HOW MANY WERE THERE, BUT HE, but he PRODUCED MORE THAN WHAT WAS NEEDED. NOW THIS IS IMPORTANT YOU SEE THIS. THE 12 BASKETS ARE NOT 12 BASKETS OF LEFTOVERS. I DON'T LIKE LEFTOVERS. MY WIFE ALWAYS GIVES ME LEFTOVERS. I LIKE PIZZA SOMETIME, BUT I DON'T LIKE FOOD THAT SOMEONE ELSE HAS EATEN ON. THE FOOD THAT WAS LEFTOVER WASN'T FOOD THAT WAS EATEN FROM. JESUS, IT SAYS, TOOK THE FRAGMENTS. HE BROKE THE BREAD, WHICH MEANS TWO FRAGMENTS EVERY TIME HE BROKE. The baskets were full of bread that hadn't been eaten and fish that had not been eaten, just extra. And it says in the text that they ate as much as they wanted. So if you wanted to go back second helpings, you could. Third helpings, fourth helpings, fifth helpings, sixth helpings. Come on, are we, some of you relate to me Thanksgiving? Come on. You could keep going back. But why did you, why why is that in scripture to let us know to ask big? There is no shortage with God. Now the multitude that he ministered to the 4,000, he said, why is there a difference? The 4,000, there were seven loaves instead of five. And there were seven baskets left over because of location. The 5,000, they were primarily Jews. The... The, the 4,000, it is primarily Gentiles, and the word seven means to bring to completion. So when it talks about overflow, it's saying the Gentiles are going to get the completion or the overflow that God has primarily Gentiles that Jesus ministered that day and fed them. That's the significance of the Jews and the Gentiles. And If you wonder what a Gentile is, it's like us. Amen. So I wanted to say that because it's so easy sometimes to let religion get in there and go, I don't need much. I do. You know why? Because I got you to minister to. I need much so that I can pay for the dinosaurs. I got much because I got to pay a staff. I got much because I want to pay people what they're worth. Come on. Come on. You understand what I'm talking about. And I got much because I personally like to bless people. I personally like to bless the waiter that takes care of me at a restaurant. I personally like to help people. During COVID, boy, my expenses went way up because we felt so sorry for every restaurant we went to. Always tip them more than you normally tip them. Well, you can't do that if all you got enough is to, you know, just to get by yourself. And that's no condemnation if that's where you're at right now, but that's not where you need to stay. Be thankful where you're at right now, but be anticipating your visions and dreams growing and things getting bigger in your life and getting better in your life. Don't settle for where you're at now. Say, Lord, I'm going farther. I want to get my full reward. I want to give an inheritance to my children's children. I DON'T WANT THEM TO CALL UP THE CHURCH and SAY, CAN YOU HELP US WITH THE FUNERAL EXPENSES BECAUSE MY PARENTS DIDN'T SAVE ANY MONEY. Amen. AMEN. NOW, THERE'S POWER IN THIS BECAUSE THIS IS THE LANE THAT WE ARE TO GO IN AS CHRISTIANS. WE'RE TO GO IN A LANE THAT RECEIVES GOD'S BEST. A place where his goodness flows, his power flows, a place where we can say, Lord, thank you. You not only meet my need, but you meet my kids' need. And you not only meet them, but you need it abundantly. David said it this way. He said, God sets before me a table and my cup runs over. Now, to Westerners, we don't understand what that means, but in the ancient world, if you were traveling, you would stay at a friend's house, a relative's house, and you'd go in there and they would pour you a glass of wine and they would cause it to overflow. And that meant you can have everything in the house and you can stay as long as you want. So that could go on for weeks. And then one day, they put, pour the wine in your glass and they only take it to the top. You know it's time to leave. Some of you probably say, "I need to practice that in my house with my relatives." Praise God. But David understood that his cup runneth over; it runneth over. God wanted to give us more than enough. Hallelujah! Whoo! Check out this verse, Proverbs 10:22, and look at this. I want to show you the difference between us and the world. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And remember, rich is just simply having more than enough. Doesn't mean you're a billionaire; just means you have more than enough for what you need. Amen. AND HE ADDS NO SORROW WITH IT. A LOT OF PEOPLE THINK THAT INCREASE IS THE BLESSING OF THE LORD, NOT IF THERE'S SORROW ADDED TO IT. GOD'S BLESSING DOESN'T CAUSE YOU TO BE ON YOUR FIFTH MARRIAGE. GOD'S BLESSING OF WEALTH DOESN'T CAUSE YOU TO END UP AT A PSYCHIATRIST. GOD'S BLESSING DOESN'T HAVE YOU DIE BEFORE YOUR TIME BECAUSE YOUR HEART GIVES OUT BECAUSE OF ALL THE STRESS YOU'RE HAVING WITH YOUR BUSINESS. THAT'S NOT THE BLESSING OF THE LORD. AND SO YOU CAN GO IN THE WORLD AND YOU CAN FIND SUPERSTARS AND FOOTBALL, BASKETBALL AND MOVIE STARS AND LOOK AT THEIR TRACK RECORD. ONE RELATIONSHIP PROBLEM AFTER ANOTHER. WE'RE IN DETOX. WE'RE TRYING TO GET TOXED OFF DRUGS. That's not what this is talking about, at all. I'm gonna give you a key to prosperity. You practice what I'm about ready to tell you right now, and you can have as much money as, you, as God can, wants to throw at you, and it'll never destroy you. So it's real simple. Just be a tither and a giver. Tithing isn't designed because God needs your money. Tithing is designed so that you put him first in your finances and you got to look at tithe like this the tithe wasn't yours in the beginning it's like going to a friend and say i'm gonna i'm gonna give you this money i want you to take care of this money until i come back that's what the tithe is it's not your money it's god the first fruits belong to god so i don't even consider that giving my tithing i never consider it giving true giving starts AFTER YOU GIVE GOD YOUR FIRST FRUITS, AMEN? YOU DO THAT AND you can, GOD CAN MAKE YOU INTO A BILLIONAIRE OVERNIGHT AND YOU WOULD NEVER HAVE A GREED PROBLEM IN YOUR LIFE. IF YOU KEPT TITHING AND GIVING, YOU WOULD NEVER HAVE A PROBLEM IN YOUR LIFE. EVERYONE THAT HAS A PROBLEM WITH MONEY AND THEIR MONEY HUNGRY ARE PEOPLE THAT DON'T PUT GOD FIRST IN THEIR FINANCES and that, BECAUSE THAT PUTS TO DEATH THAT GREED THAT IS IN EVERY HUMAN BEING. Amen. I think it's good preaching. I think you ought to give God praise right now, even if you don't like it. See, I've been at this so long, I don't, really, I don't really care what people think. I just have to tell you the truth. Because if we're going to stay in the right lane, you've got to hear the truth. You don't hear the right, you don't hear the truth. You can't do that. Now, let me show you. There's still things you can do to get you out of God's will. Here's one of the things people do. IF YOU STUDY SCRIPTURE, YOU'LL DISCOVER THIS, THAT SOMETIMES PEOPLE GIVE WITH WRONG MOTIVES. AND YOUR PRAYERS WON'T BE ANSWERED WHEN YOU GIVE WITH WRONG MOTIVES. BUT YOU ALSO, JAMES SAID SOMETHING IN JAMES 5, HE SAID THIS, THE PRAYER OF FAITH, HE SAID, WOULD SAVE THE SICK, IF YOU COMMITTED ANY SINS, IT SHALL BE FORGIVEN AND GOD WILL RAISE YOU UP. AND THEN HE SAID THIS, CONFESS YOUR faults one to another so that you might be healed in other words it's god's perfect will to heal you but if you're holding resentment towards someone it will block that healing you mean to tell me i got to forgive my wife when she ran off of the piano player you mean to tell me i need to forgive every minister because one burned me yes you got to let it go and move on i don't care what happened to you well pastor you weren't there i was molested as a child whatever it's horrible somebody like that ought to be put to death but that doesn't change the fact you have to let it go because if you don't it'll block the blessing i said it'll block the blessing let me give you another one this is one of the hardest ones i've ever seen in scripture peter said this and he was married traveling around Risking his life, eventually getting crucified upside down, I'd like to be married to him. He said this, if you dwell with your wife not in an understanding way, boy, that's tall order. Guys, you're going to help me out tonight, you're going to let me take the blunt of this thing. You got to say, yeah, Pat, that's right. Yes, that's right. Help me out, Pat. Praise God. Yeah. He says your prayers will be hindered. SO TO THE DEGREE THAT I CAN UNDERSTAND MY WIFE CAN AFFECT MY PRAYERS FROM BEING ANSWERED. IT'S GOD'S PERFECT WILL THAT HE ANSWER MY PRAYER. BUT IF I'M NOT UNDERSTANDING, WOMAN, WHAT'S YOUR PROBLEM? WHY DO YOU CRY WHEN YOU'RE HAPPY? WHY DO YOU SAY ONE THING AND MEAN SOMETHING ELSE? Okay. It is, it is something you have to do by faith. Amen? Amen? You have to do it by faith. But here's what is at stake, your leadership in the home. Because if I'm going to be a high priest in my family, I'm going to need effective prayer life, so I've got to be understanding. Sometimes I just, Lord, I don't understand why women think the way they think, but uh, you made them that way, and they're better in a lot of ways than I am, and you know I'm a flawed, so I'm just going to have to be understanding come on guys help me out here I'm all by myself up here thank you in the back there Mike. appreciate it praise God but you see how it can hinder your prayers just by something like that and it's crazy because women are very understanding towards men but men for some reason have a hard time being understanding with their wife just get it together woman tell me what the problem is i'll fix it in a couple seconds okay i fixed it it's good okay let's move on oh no i'm still hurting over this you gotta be understanding amen come on come on give god praise everybody you gotta be in the perfect will of god you gotta be in your right lane look at this verse Psalms uh, 81, look at this. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. Whew. I will fill it. Think about it. They left Egypt wealthy. They spoiled the Egyptians, and he says, I want you to open your mouth wide. I want to bring you to the promised land. I want it to be even wider than it is right now. Ask big. Believe big. I'm a big God. I want to bless you in a great way. Now, I'm going to close with this, but when you read Scripture, always remember there's the Scriptures that talk about judgment, what God's going to do because of disobedience. How many would agree? I know we don't like to hear the preacher preach on it, but, you know, you read your Bible, it's there always remember this about that that almost all those judgments are conditioned upon repentance in other words if you don't repent it happens but if you repent it doesn't happen almost all of them I wouldn't say all of them but I'd say almost all of them they give you an example remember Jonah he went to Nineveh what did he say 40 days God's gonna destroy the city he didn't say anything about God wouldn't Turn, change his mind, that's all he said. They repented. God changed his mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can change God's mind sometimes. Hezekiah, the prophet comes and says, get your house in order, you're going to die. And he turns and he turns his face toward the wall. Now watch this. And he reminds God of his faithfulness. Says, you know, I've been faithful and people, that, people were backsliding and I didn't. And he began to weep, and the Lord stopped. The prophet sent him back, and added fifteen years to his life. Plus, gained victory over his enemies. Plus, he was able to give his kingdom over to his son Manassas, who ruled the next time. Amen. But he changed his destiny, even though the prophet had said, "You are going. You're not going to live. You're going to die." It was prophetic, but it was conditioned upon repentance change in your mind, change in your faith. It was conditioned upon it. So whatever gloom and dooms you seem to be having in your life that people keep reminding you of, I want you just to turn to them and say, listen, it's all conditioned on repentance, and I've changed my life. I'm following God right now. I'm getting back into my lane, praise God, and God is merciful and he's gonna bring blessing in my life, not a curse, not a problem, But victory that supersedes any victory that I could ever had in my life, praise God. He's gonna bless me in it. He's gonna bring me over the top in that area. I tell you what, you can be a drug addict and you can give God praise. You can be an adulterous person and repent and give God praise. You can be a thief and give God praise because God will turn that judgment into blessing if you just get back in your lane and serve Him with all of your heart. Let me. let me do this last illustration the, the will of God is like this center area that you have to walk into if you make some mistakes you get over here all you got to do when you get here say Lord I blew it and then go back to here here's where the problem comes you're going along doing pretty good all of a sudden you make a decision that brings you over here but it's a decision you can't change maybe you married an unbeliever You knew you shouldn't, but you did anyway. You can still repent and say, Lord, I'm so sorry I shouldn't have married that unbeliever. But I'm not going to commit a sin and divorce the person either to get back in the right place. I'm just going to repent right now. And here's what I'm going to do, Lord. I'm not going to compromise anymore concerning my relationship with him or her. I compromised before, that's why I married him or married her, but I'm not going to do it anymore. And so in that relationship, when you pray that God would save him or her, God's power is going to move in that situation. Amen. Maybe they'll get saved, maybe they won't. But whatever way it goes, if it doesn't get saved and they don't want to live with you anymore, then you go right back to that place that you should have been in the first place. But think about what will happen if you just repent. I'm not compromising anymore. I'm going to love my wife as on to the Lord. I'm going to love her like Jesus would love her. I'm going to do that. But if she asks me to do something that's below my moral standards that Jesus told me to live by, I'm going to say, sorry, I'm not going to do that. Not going to get intoxicated every time you want to get intoxicated. Not going to watch filth on the TV just because you want to watch filth on the TV. Just because you want to take some drugs, I'm not going to take no drugs. If it costs you your marriage, God will still make it up to you. But you'll be totally ineffective towards that spouse until you repent and get in your right lane. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River app, and our website at theriver.church. We're the River, and we're doing life together.